If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. It's your daily dose of Donna. Welcome to the show. Today is Thursday, September 28th. I love a Thursday because it's Friday Eve, if you know what I'm talking about. And tonight will be Big Brother. I've had Big Brother withdrawals. Are you guys watching Big Brother? We don't talk about it that much on the show because there's so much to cover and it's so niche. It's so niche, but I don't want to know spoilers. I don't want you to tell me what happens. I want to watch it on the show like I do with my eight-year-old. He and I are obsessed. He talks about it all all week long. When's Big Brother? When's Big Brother? So it will be on tonight. Um, And my kids don't have school tomorrow, so maybe I'll let them stay up late and watch with me. If you guys are watching Big Brother, let me know. You know, Josh Dumel was on Josh Dumel was on Big Brother a few weeks ago because he's hosting this new CBS show called Buddy Games, which I haven't watched, but he was a guest on Jeff Lewis Live this morning. And I have to tell you, I mean, beyond handsome, right? If you see the picture of him this morning, like outside of the studio, Jeff Lewis always does a picture. Holy moly, he's so stunning, that Josh Dumel. What a stunner. And he seems really cool. And I didn't know that he actually produced or like created Buddy Games and is hosting it. So I feel like that's a show that my kids would be into too. What shows do you guys watch with your kids? And I'm talking kids like under teenage because I know teenagers can watch kind of anything. But like 10 and under, my kids are 10 and 8. What shows are you watching with them that you enjoy as well? Right now, we can watch Big Brother. Sometimes I let I let Oliver watch scenes with Mary on Real Houses of Salt Lake City because he just can't get enough of Mary. I mean, who can, right? And uh, Amazing Race is a good one. Yes, that we've watched. We've watched The Traitors, and we're watching Special Forces. We're going to start that tonight. So it will be fun. The Sopranos, whoa. Um, we're having uh, – I, I like that I can, like, bring my kids into my hobbies and passions. <laughs> Listen, I have to go to enough baseball games and theater performances and music recitals for them. The least they could do is watch an episode of Housewives, right? If you don't understand my humor, then you're probably going to, you know, I'll get some sort of judgment in the comments. Like, how dare you show your kids this kind of behavior? We will get into the Housewives of OC later on today because I just finished watching it. Lots of thoughts. Lots of thoughts. Um, And then we're going to talk about a couple other things. Like I listen to Tom Sandoval's podcast, so you don't have to if you don't want to, which I don't think a lot of you want to from what I've heard and what I've seen. And then we'll talk about just like some other random things if you guys want to talk about different things. Um, I had 
a Patreon episode released yesterday. I do that Wednesday Patreon episode. And every single week, I try to talk about some behind the scenes stuff and maybe things I don't want to talk about on this show. And then I like to get into deep dives. I'm a big deep diver. And so what I deep dove yesterday was part one of Rachel Hollis. A lot of you guys are into this because I've noticed, and I don't know if you guys feel this way, but I was talking to a couple girlfriends yesterday. Actually, two of my very close friends, shout out Molly and Sarah, I met on the app Clubhouse. And that was an audio only social audio app. A lot of you guys know me from Clubhouse. Um, back in 2021 was the year of Clubhouse for us. So we were all home and we couldn't really go anywhere. And so we were all just like connecting on that app. And she, the three of us sent voice notes all last night talking about the connection and the weird like parallels between Bethany Frankel and Rachel Hollis and MLMs and like gurus and all of like Scientology, there is a crazy, crazy, crazy parallel between all these people. Because Bethany Frankel yesterday was on one. I mean, I really went down a path because some, I'll talk about that in just a moment. Before I get into all of that, and I know some of you guys are like, leave Bethany alone. And I really should. But yesterday, uh, Well, uh, before I get into everything, I do want to remind you the Facebook group, Daily Dose of Donna, and also I have three spots left in my Podcast 101 class that I'm launching. October 3rd is my first week. It's four straight Tuesdays, okay? So whatever those dates are, October 3rd, 10th, 17th, and 24th. Um, The information is in my show notes and the link is in my bio. Three spots left. So if you want to launch your own podcast and grow your own show that way, um, with my help, let's do it. It's only 10 people. Okay. Are we ready to get into the show? Let's talk about some random news. Britney Spears. You know, I've talked about this before that I don't really want to cover Britney Spears, although I do think a lot of you guys are interested in this. You know, someone gave me a hard time the other day saying that when I talk about Taylor Swift, because I was talking about Taylor and, and Travis Kelsey earlier in the week. They were like, leave her alone. You you saw what they did to Britney talking about her as a child. Do you guys realize that Taylor Swift is actually in her 30s? Like, we're not talking about a child. Right? We're 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 like we get that. I think some people still think Taylor Swift is a child because I got this like horrible comment, like, leave her alone. She's young. I'm like, but no, she's almost my age. Like, not really. She's probably 10 years younger than me. But it's like we can talk about her. I think we can talk about her. I love Taylor Swift. I'm not ever coming at Taylor. I am not like Bethany out there that's coming at Taylor. Um, but Britney Spears is dancing with knives, okay? I, I have to shout out Lance because the other day on the Facebook page, someone posted that video and everyone's like, whoa, whoa, all my all my um, Daily Dose of Donna Facebook peeps were coming in there like, what is happening? Oh my gosh, I can't believe. Oh no, oh this. Talking about... Um, Brittany with the knives and Lance and I were standing in line at Dancing with the Stars. In that moment, he looked at me and he goes, Dancing with the Scars, am I right? And I was like, stealing it. And I immediately posted it, got all these likes. And he's like, you didn't even give me credit. Lance is really good with dad jokes. You know, like those little like puns, right? Dancing with the Scars. I thought it was genius. She says they're not real knives. I believe and everyone believes that they are real knives. 
um, Ventura County Sheriff's Department was called in. Apparently, they did a little bit of a welfare check after these videos were posted. But from what we know, nothing was done and nothing was changed. I don't know. Do we have to pull all the knives from Britney Spears' house? She's not under conservatorship anymore. She's free as you all wanted her to be. So just unfollow if it upsets you. I unfollowed. I just hear about it through Daily Mail and page six and whatnot. Bethany Frankel is went on a tirade against Taylor Swift, of all people. Listen, go after a lot of people in this world, fine. Go after Taylor Swift. Don't expect people not to come back to you, right? She, um, along with some other people, loves, loves to take down people when they're at their height. You know, Bethany loves to take down, I think, specifically women who are doing really well, right? So Taylor Swift is at the top of her game. And I think it really pissed people off because earlier in the summer, she went to a Taylor Swift concert with her daughter. And of course, shockingly, she took her phone with her and storied and DM'd and, I mean, TikToked and like documented the crap out of it. And if you go back and watch one of her old videos, um, she talks about how she is now a fan of Taylor Swift. Like she was just blown away in the car on the way home. She said, I'm now a Swifty. Okay. Well, I think that Swiftiness lasted four minutes because right at the end of this football game, she eventually comes out, you know, of course, with an opinion saying that she is not, she doesn't consider herself a, a big fan of Taylor Swift. I mean, she likes her music. She's not a fan. She's not immersed into it. Like, I think she said pink. She was like, not like me in pink. Who else did she say? Did she say Katy Perry? Like, real random, right? Um, I love pink. Don't get me wrong. But I thought it was like a very strange, like, Taylor is not good enough for me, right? I like these women and Taylor's down here, like the Bethany and Kelly conversation. Um, And then she said, you know, it, I thought it was really interesting to see Taylor she was really take playing the part. Her whole thing about this video was saying that she believes Taylor is a chameleon, essentially, in her relationships, which I have to say, maybe true, maybe true. But we didn't see her like all of a sudden becoming a football fan. She was supporting the guy that she has a crush on. I don't see anyone who would go to who would be like hooking up with one of the star football players and going and sitting with his mom and all of his friends and. PR people or whatever, and, you know, uh, jumping up and down and not like being excited to be in the game. Sometimes, you know, I'm not a football fan really, but when I went to the Bears game in Chicago, I was screaming, jumping up. I was losing my mind when they lost the ball. Like that's what happens when you're in those situations. Just like Bethany became a Taylor Swift fan when she went to the concert and got kind of wrapped up in the NRG. Um, so she went to so she went to this whole like conversation basically how she thought that Taylor was really taking it in as if she was the football wife for 10 years she was becoming a football wife and she was acting as if she was that anyway there was no real reason for this video except what i believe i believe and what i was talking to my girlfriends about last night is that i do believe that bethany is like she gets off on being hated and I don't know if she was always this way because I don't remember her being this bad like in the seasons of, of Roni because we loved her. And if you go back and watch old old Roni, she was definitely, as my friend said, she was never the nicest out there. She was never – she never had 
you know, the sweetest, kindest remarks. She did have a sharp tongue even back then. She was always like really quick to to judgment and like say things. But for whatever reason, I think the difference is when we used to watch Roni, I'm trying to like, like <clears throat> work out the Bethany of it all and why things really turned. But I think why we were so obsessed with it is because we agreed with a lot of her opinions, right? So she was always going against the person that was edited or created to be kind of like the oddball on the show, right? When she was against, when Bethany was against um, Kelly Ben Simone, for example, if you watch that season two with Kelly Ben Simone, Kelly is awful, awful. So you, so anytime Bethany was against her, we were like, yes, Bethany, yes. We agreed with Bethany. And then when Bethany went after, um, you know, like Alex McCord or whatever, like we believed her and we agreed with her. So it never felt so mean. But something happened in the TikTok era of Bethany where her whole approach is to go against the grain. Her whole approach is to say something that will piss people off. She, I think, can get off of, she gets off of it, right? Like she enjoys that I'm talking about her and that we're all talking about her. And so what happened yesterday, why I went down the spiral again, because I really don't see Bethany in my feed anymore. I don't follow her on Instagram and I don't follow her on TikTok or I'm blocked on TikTok, right? I was thinking about creating a shirt that said blocked by Bethany. Like how many of you guys could buy that? So what happened was someone else, this new creator to me, this woman comes up in my feed. And I really wish I could remember her name. If any of you guys have seen this uh, TikTok creator, please let me know so that I can credit her. She is very, very cool. Like wears glasses, a little bit older, short hair. She's just a, She just talks and says her opinion on TikTok, but she's She's kind of quirky. I don't know a lot about her. I think she's into fashion and stuff. And she had, yeah, she had funky glasses. Exactly. So she was talking. Oh, she's a photographer. Thank you. She was talking about the fact that she was just like us. She's like, I don't have skin in the game whatsoever, but I am just loving this era of Bethany just fully falling apart on TikTok where she's in unhinged and she's just saying whatever and it's constant and it's nonstop. And she said this in a really kind of like sweet way on her walk. So Bethany then comments, I guess, on that reel. Now, I mean, on that TikTok, there's the comments no longer there. I don't know if Bethany deleted it or because of the block, it's gone. But she put, um, she commented something along the lines of like, you're taking the bait and the more you talk about it, the more money I make. Keep going, keep hating. You know, that whole storyline. So this photographer woman wakes up the next morning and she's like, oh my God, like, whoa, this is not something I ever thought would happen to me, but I'm going to add this to my celebrity encounter list that Bethany commented on my TikTok. And what then happened was Bethany then blocked her, right? After talking about her a couple of times. And then yesterday we were talking about Someone had mentioned Bethany. Like I follow a lot of people that talk about Bethany, so I think that's what happens. But someone had mentioned that Bethany's video was about opinions getting canceled. She was like, since when? Because I think the Taylor Swift video that Bethany had posted backfired, right? She got a lot of hate because you don't go against the Swifties, right? Like we know this. There's one rule of baseball, two rules, no crying and don't go against the Swifties. Yeah, 
those are the two rules. Nothing else matters. So she she got a lot of hate. And so she posted a video saying, like, I don't get it. Are opinions canceled? Since when can you not have an opinion on this app? I thought this app was all about having an opinion. And this is where it gets people because the hypocrisy is insane. It's insane because Bethany rewind to a year ago when she comes on to TikTok and out of nowhere decides that she has the right to put power on everyone else and and send out cease and desist because of people's opinions and attack people in her comments because people that didn't agree with her. I mean, if you dared to comment something that didn't agree with her decision to interview Raquel in the way that she did, the 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 insults that you would get back in your DM and your comments. If opinions truly shouldn't be canceled on TikTok, then it really needs to be across the board. That's the frustrating thing about Bethany. If you want to say like, fuck it, like we're all this way and we all have crazy opinions and that's fine. Then don't block people that have opinions about you. Then don't, I mean, it's one thing if people are attacking you and being mean to you in your comments and devastatingly and horrible and whatever. But I got blocked because I just mentioned that Bethany is a litigious person. (laughs) I don't think that's that bad. Anyway, the point is that that I think is the trigger for so many people. And let's not forget that I think if we surveyed all the people that have turned on Bethany in the last few months, I would suggest 75 to 90% of those people, this is an unofficial count, I would guess 75% to 90% of these people were like former Bethany stands. Because I ha- I was, when I tell you, I was obsessed with Bethany. Like obsessed. And I think most people were, Right? Okay. Andy Cohen did bring up Bethany very briefly, by the way, on his radio show yesterday. He said something to his co-host, John Hill. And I guess John Hill had said something that sounded hypocritical. And Andy said, um, wow, you're just almost as hypocritical as that former housewife that just does, is starting so many problems and doesn't stop talking, something along those lines. So I think it's so funny that, you know, he's not taking it seriously. He's not giving it the time of day. I'm just here to report what people are thinking and what I think. And I know that talking about Bethany is always a hot button topic, but got to say it. Got to say it. Mention it all, right? All right, let's move on to Tom Sandoval. Tom Sandoval has officially released his first episode of Everybody Loves Tom, his podcast. It's not only audio, it is also YouTube. Have you watched it? Have you listened to it? I would like to know. Let me know in the comments if you guys have actually watched it or listened to it because I have some thoughts. Now, in yesterday's episode, I mentioned that I think it was a really good move for him. I think he should be monetizing just like everyone else. And I thought that the marketing plan of, you know, how they launched with those like videos and those montages were genius. But let's get to the actual podcast. Guys, it was one of the worst podcasts I've ever heard. Now, it doesn't mean that it can't get better. I think everyone's show can continuously get better. I think a lot of you guys, if you only came in and listened to my episodes back in, you know, March, April, May even, you probably would have been out. I think 
my episodes also have gotten better throughout the time. I think everyone is that way when it comes to TV shows or podcasts or writing or any sort. It's a practice, right? You have to kind of get into the rhythm. I guarantee you he was probably nervous. It is uncomfortable to do a podcast for the first time. I think uh, I think that he – here's my thought, okay? And I'm not speaking as another podcaster. I'm speaking as a viewer, and I'm speaking as a former casting director when I'm talking about like the – the likability factor. So Tom is not likable. He's not. And I think that's his major, major, major mistake. Okay. Tom had an opportunity in this episode to come out swinging with an incredible apology. First four minutes should have been, I'm Tom Sandoval. You know who I am, but here's how I want to start this podcast. I want to tell you guys exactly what my side of the story was, and I want to take full responsibility, and I want to apologize for everything I've done, and I hope you guys give me a chance to start from like ground zero, and let's start over. If he would have done that, I would have said, okay. He didn't. Now, he didn't double down about everything that he had done. He never, I don't think, makes excuses for it. I think he does take accountability that he acted badly. The problem is <sighs> he's, he's very much in a victim mindset, I think. When you listen to this podcast, and it's not that he isn't also a victim because he did get crucified by the world in America, right? So that part you can say he was a victim of the online torture and bullying and trolling and all that. But he, when you do something to create that, you can't really take the full victim. Unless you fully take accountability, apologize, and put it all out on the table that you fucked up, and then now start, okay, but since then, this is what's happened to me. That would have been different. The problem is he never really, like, he he doesn't. So here's what I'm going to say. He starts off, number one, his co-host on the show, I don't know, I have some casting notes, personally, I have some casting notes. Um, This was a real-life friend of his, this is the drummer in his band, this is a producer's, remember, this is how, his name is Jason Bader, Um, Jason's wife is a producer on Howie Mandel's show. So if you're trying to like kind of place why he did Howie Mandel, it's through this guy, Jason. So Jason essentially is his co-host slash maybe producer. I don't, I don't know if that's exactly what happened, but, or what it is, but it ain't it. I'm sorry. It ain't it. Like it was not, you need someone next to Tom who is enthusiastic, who's fun, who's super likable, who's super friendly, maybe a woman, to get that like woman side experience, it doesn't make any sense. I don't watch Nick Vile's podcast on a regular basis, um, so I don't know who those other women are that he talks to on that show, and maybe you guys do, so you can tell me, are they, I'm sure, producers and whatever. But he's got like, we have a guy's point of view, and he was the former Bachelor, and he also has a lot of like bad publicity about him in the past, and now he's got these women that he's talking to, and they give him shit about things. Same with Barstool Sports, um, that Dave Portno- Portnoy guy, What's his show called again? Um, Best friend. I I can't remember what it is. BFF. 
I can't remember exactly. But he's such a dude that he needs the girl to kind of like bring him down and ground him and call him out on his shit. So that's the first thing I would do with Tom. I would say, take Jason Bader out of it. He should not be. Number one, he's sitting there with a big ass laptop. In this podcast, it doesn't like put a desk out there, grab an iPad or something. It, it was a real bad visual. I don't know if you felt that way. Yes, you need the Robin. Thank you, Chris. You need Howard and Robin. That's exactly. So he needs a woman. That's my first suggestion. Second suggestion, he needs energy. If Tom doesn't have that energy to host a podcast, then he needs someone else to have it. But between him and Jason was Sleepy Hollow. Okay, so I was finding myself like literally bored, falling asleep after five minutes of listening to a show that we would all normally like, I mean, hate her or not, when Bethany interviewed Raquel, I like stopped what I was doing and just like sat and listened. And the same when Ariana was on Call Her Daddy and the same when, you know, even when Sheena and Lala or whatever were talking about Scandaval at the beginning, whenever there's these big episodes, these big podcasts, like you kind of can't, um, you know, listen. Exactly. So, well, Christina says this ain't a podcast. It's a YouTube show. Well, that's another thing. A lot of these shows are both right? My show right now is a podcast and a YouTube show, but originally it was a podcast. It's set up for a podcast. It's just me talking into a microphone. A lot of these shows do have a little bit of an ability to do both, but he's hanging out as if he's just being filmed and not actually, if you're just listening to the audio, which I'm curious, I, I watched the video. So I want to know where you guys listened to, if you listened to the podcast, if you found it different, but I watched it and it was very much a show which is fine. I'm not against that. I'm really not against that. Um, they did have microphones. They were microphones. There were microphones to the side of them. But I do think that in general, just like the visual of the whole show between him and this other dude was a downer. It was down. Also, I did ask Lance. I'm just going to be honest. I asked Lance. I said, what about the lighting in there? Because you know they shot at Lance's sta studio. He said, the second I saw it this morning, I text Lance and his partner. And I was like, WTF with the lighting. It's so it's so dark. And WTF with like the whole vibe. Like it's just, he, it's not in their hands. They rent out the studio and the lights are completely, they have huge lights. They have all the options, but the people that have the podcast are the ones that are choosing how they want to you know, light the show, dress the show, create all the things. So I just want you to like let know that. I have to stand up for F22 Studios. It was too dark. No two producers, too freaking dark. Um, Number three, but this is also episode one, so I will give him a chance, okay? Number three, Kyle Chan is his first guest on the show. This is not the guest that you want on your first podcast. No offense to Kyle Chan. But like what? Like, huh? It, it, your first episode and you bring Kyle Chan in, like who's a jeweler, who's not a speaker, who's not a podcast guy. Like, yes, he has a whiskey, so maybe he's sponsoring the show in some capacity. It was so not interesting. Now, Tom did get into some stuff personal that were interesting. Did you guys know that Tom has not drank a sip of alcohol since April 5th? He, he said April 4th or 5th. That's good. He said that before then, he was in a position where he was chain-smoking cigarettes morning till night, he was working out at the gym, and then he was drinking. And if he wasn't working out, he was drinking, and if he wasn't drinking, he was working out. A lot of you guys are saying liar. 
Why do you believe that? I, I actually think he's being honest. I don't know why you guys think that he's lying about that. I don't think he's been drinking. Now, he does very clearly talk about the fact that he went on tour right after Scandaval broke. Why did he go on tour? Because he needed the freaking money. He said, all of a sudden, everything dried up. All my sponsors, all my brand partnerships, all the endorsements, that was gone. I didn't want to be home. I was devastated. I was depressed. And I had to you know, do things. We already had this tour on the books and we just couldn't cancel it. Had we canceled it, we were going to get, um, you know, killed by the bookers or whatever. And like the fans, he goes, there were a lot of people that got babysitters and came out and I'm, I, I didn't want to, um, we didn't want to cancel on them. He said that he went on to those shows starting in April without a sip of alcohol, starting in April. Okay. Remember Scandival happened early March. So we did see a lot of like partying up until April. But April, he said that he wasn't drinking. He was incredibly nervous. He has stage fright, which is shocking. And he wasn't able to kind of like mask that with alcohol. Um, So if that's true, he said he stopped drinking when Raquel went into the Meadows, which was her treatment facility. If that's true, how can we hate on someone that stops drinking? Like, I think that's wonderful. If it's true, a lot of you guys don't believe it. But I'm going to take him his word for it. Now, that being said, when you are talking about the fact that you're sober, let's not have a show about mixology. Oh, what kind of a choice was this? You're talking about how sober you are and your first guest is there, Kyle Chan, to mix you drinks, to tell you about how the he had the best old-fashioned and he made all of this alcohol and he's talking about alcohol. He's making drinks and I guess he made Tom a... Um, a virgin old fashioned. And then they're talking about alcohol. Like what the F it was so uninspired. It was such a bad, bad choice. What he should have done again, other than getting a different co-host, a girl, other than lightening the room up. I don't think anyone wants to watch Tom Sandoval, um, you know, in a dark, dingy kind of sad place. I think if anything, like lighten it up, you know what I think should have done, should have happened. I have so many notes. You know what I think should have happened. If you're going to go so tongue in cheek in the promo, everybody loves Tom and like make fun of yourself. The podcast should be more lighthearted, more funny, more talking, like games, almost like games about how many people hate me. And like, let's do a, almost like a watch what happens live experience where it's like more produced because this just kind of like hanging out and talking felt so depressing and just so like, now Kyle Chan, bless his heart was actually really sweet. Not a good podcast guest necessarily, maybe a nice friend, but he was a he was a he was a pretty sweet guy and he was basically saying that like people deal with trauma in different ways and that you know Tom was saying that when you go through a period like that no one wants to be your friend. And he did say um he did say that he was uh like kind of vilified by a lot of people because it wasn't easy to be his friend. So he was very uh, appreciative of people like Jason his his drummer and Kyle his jeweler. <laughs> for being his friends. Um, He said that he hasn't spoken to Rachel since June. He did have a moment where he mentioned that he was hurt, which is like so like, you know, that emoji where like the head explodes. (laughs) That's what I feel like. Where he was hurt by Rachel saying that she never loved Tom. 
he's basically referring to her being in Bethany's on Bethany's podcast and talking about the fact that um, she feels like he, you know, she mentioned something along the lines where she doesn't know if she ever loved him and she doesn't know if he ever loved her. And like, I felt like that was the first time on today's podcast where Tom got a little emotional almost. And he was like, I just don't understand like why you would do that for seven months and like, you know, put everything on the line and like ruin your life and like try to, and, and, and not love the person. Like, what was the point? So it just goes to show like his ego, that's an ego moment, right? Like his ego was still devastated over the fact that she said, I didn't love him. Right. Isn't that so true? Like he seriously, after all this time was like, and she didn't love me. Like what? Me? She totally lied. She loves me. She loved me guys. It was a bad look. Okay. Let's see what else he says that he and Ariana. Now they shot this episode just so you guys know, um, like probably two or three weeks ago, a lot of people are saying that he was like doing the dancing. The second dancing with the stars came out. He wanted to promote this podcast. This podcast has been in the works for months and months and months. So I just want you guys to know that like, I'm giving you my honest feelings about how I thought the podcast was was not good, but I'm also giving you like an honest behind the scenes version of what's happening here. The fact that he released the promo the day after Dancing with the Stars was maybe intentional, but also honestly, I thought that was nice because he could have done it the day before Dancing with the Stars or the day of Dancing with the Stars. Ariana got so much attention on Tuesday. She got so much love. She was like the star, the the bell of the ball, and then he promoted his podcast. But this was always the plan. They were always planning on launching in this week, okay? So I just want you guys to know that um, from what I know, from what I've heard. So let's see. Oh, yeah, he and Ariana are coexisting. He said that we'll, like, see each other in the house. Like, she'll be unloading boxes, and, like, she gets a lot of stuff, free stuff, and he'll see her in the living room and, like, no eye contact for, like, 15 minutes. We'll be in the same room. I can't. I can't. My house is my happy place. When I'm arguing with my husband, and you know how we argue and you like give each other the silent treatment, it's hard for me to even be in the same house of, as him for an hour. But that's like knowing that we're going to make up and be okay in a, in a day, right? So I just don't understand how you could do that. I really don't. And then I was thinking, then I was thinking even more about Daniel Y, who was, who was Ariana's boyfriend, and he's obviously in LA because of Dancing with the Stars. Where did they sleep on Tuesday night? Did they get a hotel room? Did they get an Airbnb? Or did she bring Daniel back to Tommy's house? So confusing. It's got to stop. Now, Tom Sandoval really did bring up the fact that he was at a very low place. He was very de depressed. He wasn't showering for a week. He was almost suicidal. All of that stuff is awful to hear. No one can be happy to hear that. It's awful to hear. It doesn't mean that he didn't, you know make the bed that he had to lie in. So I think that these are one of these things that like, yes, and moments where like, yes, it's awful. And it's because of you, you know? Um, so it's all a really tricky situation with Tommy. It's tricky. I imagine his podcast will be one of the top podcasts today because that's how these things work. You'll love him. You hate him. You'll listen to him. But I do think they need to change the format tremendously tremendously. There's got to be a lot of changes on that show because I can't, I don't think I can sit through that again. So let me know in the comments if you guys did. Um, okay. Let's get into, uh, let's get into, um, Real Housewives. 
Okay. Real Housewives of OC season finale, the long awaited, thank God it's over season finale of OC just aired last night. I need to know your guys' thoughts. Obviously, I will give you guys mine. This was a season that was hard to watch for so many reasons. Not only am I almost like nauseated at seeing some of these women's behavior. I'm not, I'm like, I don't know. I told you guys this. The only show I say this about is Real Housewives of OC that I feel like, am I too old for it? But it's only OC because I don't feel that about Roni and I don't feel that about Salt Lake City. I'm, is that all that's on right now? But I, and I don't feel that about Summer House and I'm like 40 years older than those guys. But there's something about OC that makes me feel like, ooh, maybe it's the enemas. So, of course, we start the show with, you know, some, you know how they always do, like a little uh, light kind of fun scenes. So we see Shannon. And by the way, sorry, don't at me or maybe at me. I can't look at Shannon the same. Are you guys finding the same thing? I can't look at Shannon Bedore the same since her um, arrest. I can't look at her the same. Now I see her as Shannon Bedore of the DUI. Sorry, that's all I see her as. She walks into this chiropractor's office with a bruise the size of, you know, my my desk because I don't know how this happened. Well, it's because you slithered off of this be- uh, this boat as if your life was literally like as if you were going to die if your body touched water. Are you the wicked witch of the east or the west or whatever like you can't get wet, you will be melted? I I I I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I can't get off the boat. I can't get off the boat. Her arm is black and blue top to bottom, okay? And she goes to the chiropractor. <laughs> She's like, no. Like, that's a Dr. Moon visit, the bruising. Like, get some Arnica on that and some ice and move on. But she goes to the chiropractor. Here is how I see Shannon now. Shannon has two modes. The fun party drunk Shannon. Actually, three. The fun party drunk Shannon, the too drunk, angry, I'm leaving, I'm done, I'm done, Shannon. Usually she doesn't remember any of that. And then the sober and unhappy Shannon. Tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong. Shannon walks through life unhappy, even when she goes to the chiropractor. He's like, "Um, hi, babe. Number one, did the chiropractor call her beautiful and like, babe, and like, love you? Like, I was like, oh, this chiropractor wants a little bit more than just a little, than a, than a back crack, right? He was, she, she, she comes in, she's like, hi, uh, I don't know what's going on with my, I'm just so bruised up. She's always so depressed and down and low and just like, hmm, the world is against me. So anyway, they did a great montage. Shout out to the editors of her and Emily getting ripped apart and and cracked. And by the way, I don't know if you've ever been to a chiropractor, but it's an enjoyable experience in a way that's not enjoyable. I don't know how to explain. Oh, that's a really good point. Katie Ash, Shannon's soul is bruised. It's not her arm. Her soul is bruised. That is so, so smart. Don't you guys agree? Like when you see Shannon, sober, 
So like on all of those scenes where she's just hanging out, do you guys remember that scene where Tamara came over and John was there and he said goodbye and they looked so hungover and there was six 818 bottles of tequila on the kitchen counter and then she sat in the backyard with Tamara with a charcuterie plate and she just looked so down. She is so down. She's so depressed always, which is the worst, worst kind of person to drink right? We all know alcohol is a depressant. So like if you're already on a low place, the alcohol does nothing positive for you. So, so we see that scene. Then we see a scene and I don't like, I don't remember every single scene that we saw, but we saw Jen and Ryan. I'm going to say it until the cows come home. Team Jen. Jen Pedranti is so likable. She's so sweet. She's so grounded. She's not heightened and overdramatic. She's not a wasted, naked, wasted drunk. She is a mother. She is accountable for her mistakes. She is real. And I feel for her on that show. I don't know what in the world, like, I don't know how she manages to keep it together because I would not. I would be, well, she cried a few times, but I would be a mess if I were her this season. She literally got thrown into a dog fight with Tamara every single episode for the entire season. How many episodes? 16 episodes she was attacked by Tamara about her boyfriend. Now, I told you guys off the record that I got some DMs that this is this rumor about Ryan is true, but he is a player. But that's okay. He is a player fine. She sees it. She knows it. She's accepting it. Leave her the F alone. I want him not to be a player because I don't want her to get hurt, but I like her. I like her spaghetti casserole. I like her conversations with Ryan. I like her, the way she mothers from what we've seen. I like it. Okay. I think she's beautiful also, which doesn't hurt. She's stunning. Oh my God. Can you imagine taking a yoga class by her? I would be like the whole time I'd be like, down what? Down dog? Okay. Um, gorgeous. Yes, I like her, but she's making a mistake. Yeah, maybe so. But she but she knows. She's going into it open-eyed, and she's still going into it. I mean, look at Leanne Rimes and Eddie Cibrian. I always think about them. Of course, one day maybe they will get divorced. But don't tell me that someone didn't tell Leanne Rimes or Eddie Cibrian you're making a horrible mistake, leaving your wife or leaving your husband for this person, and you're, you're the stupidest person ever. How dare you do? And 10 years later, they're very happy. Like there's no real way to know you're making a mistake until you know you're making a mistake. So that was Jen and Ryan. Then we get into the enema scene. Do you see my face? I don't want to talk about disgusting poop. I don't want to talk about enemas. I don't want to talk about Shannon and the enemas. I don't, why, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this on a a season of real housewives of OC? There's nothing else you can talk about. There's nothing else you can do. I don't know if Dr. Moon paid to get his, his machine on that show, but all of a sudden seeing Shannon holding up the tubes while Jen with the door open is pooping with camera crews, with production around what the F is happening. If anyone in my house is pooping, that door better be closed. And I'm not anywhere near that bathroom. I run. I go to the other side of the house. Now, I also live with three boys. But I hope that people do the same thing for me. This is not a a group activity. This is not a fun experience. This is not like, let's put on makeup. You're not supposed to be pooping in public, okay? 
just my personal opinion. So after the poop scene, I had to, you know, drink a glass of water and take a shower. Then we see Shannon and John go out to dinner. Again, I see Shannon, DUI John Jansen, problem man. I mean, the two of them, it's like depressed and depressing walking through the this restaurant. Have you ever been here? She says with like her timid, have you ever been here? No, I haven't. It, it's supposedly good. Can I have can I have a vodka, a Casamigos, um, a Anejo with a splash of – she's never been so confident about anything except her drink order, right? So they get their drinks. That's all I see now, right? Which is not crazy to have a drink when you're at dinner. But that's like all I see. I'm like, how fast are they drinking that drink? But the second she drinks her drink, notice, the second that drink starts to go down, she starts to be a little bit more personable. The second she has a couple drinks or a couple sips of something, she starts to be a little bit more, you know, alive, a little friendlier. She's eating a watermelon burrata burrata salad. I love watermelon and I love burrata burrata. I love both of those things. I don't want them together, but I'm that weird person that like doesn't want my watermelon salty. I I mean, unless it's tahine, I don't want a watermelon feta salad. I know this is going to be the most controversial comment of the entire episode. I don't want a watermelon burrata salad. Personally, I prefer to keep my burrata with like beets, maybe tomatoes, maybe a pizza. Okay, so they're having this conversation, honestly, about nothing except the fact that she is an empty nester. And once again, she is finding another reason to be sad because Shannon is like, are we going to have to create a new word? It's not Sovin Robin from Sister Wives, it's Sadie Shanny. Like, someone help me come up with a good name for Shannon. She is just so freaking down. It's so hard to watch. I don't want to watch a downer all the time. She is literally, Shannon is Debbie Downer. Sad Shannon. Someone come up with a good one. I know we can come up with a good one. Um, Sorrow Shannon, okay. Sobbing Shannon. Has to be something with an S-H. Shh. I just wanted to say shorty, shorty Shannon, something with storm, saddy Shanny. That sounds like an alcohol brand. Like if I'm in Ireland, can I have a saddy Shanny? (laughs) Shameless Shannon. Okay. Shameful Shannon, something along those lines. We'll have to come up with something good. So Shannon is, is down in the dumps. Now about her kids leaving. And I'm not going to judge her on that because I can guarantee you right now that when my kids move out, I probably will have a heart attack. Not because I love them having like making a mess and the laundry and all the shit that comes with raising kids, but I will have emptiness syndrome. I'm putting it out there right now. And I know 100% that, you know, Lance and I will have to go to therapy at some point in 2000 and what are we like, 30, 33, 35. Yeah. Okay. So I'll start booking that right now. So she's sad about it. John's like, it's going to be great. So overdue, three and a half years overdue of alone time with you and me, Shannon, so that we can like go out and get wasted and drive so that we can go to like tiki bars and fight and like get kicked out. I can't wait for that time because these kids have really been holding us back from living our best lives. I mean, these two are constantly out. They're constantly on the boat. (laughs) This is weird. Like it's one thing when we send our kids away to day camp, a summer camp, and they're seven or eight or ten or whatever. Then you're like, oh my god, kid free! But when you have eighteen year olds and they're out of the house, like it's not like all of a sudden you get to have fun. 
Maybe it can travel a little bit more. Okay. I mentioned John's son's arrest yesterday. That's another thing. I look at John and Shannon like this, like, like literally with my binoculars. I'm like, I'm almost like smelling their breath. How much have you drank today? That's all I want to do. Like, that's all I want to do. And okay. So then next let's talk about, um, let's talk about the party, this Halloween party. Well, first, Gina and Heather have this conversation. Gina is the only one that's giving Heather, you know, a little bit of a a break here. And Heather is proving to Gina that Tamara called her a loser and called them a loser. And it's still like, I'm sorry, Heather could literally do nothing right this entire season. I understand that a lot of you guys see a side of Heather from previous seasons, from other things. Maybe you don't like Heather's personality. Maybe you think Heather's, you know, fancy pants, annoying, all of those things. I don't want to be friends with Heather in real life. I don't want to hang out with a Heather, not at all. But in this season, if we single out and isolate season, what season are we on of Real Housewives? I don't know. This season of OC, if we're singling and isolating this season out, Heather Dubrow was unfairly treated and attacked the entire season. There is no question. Season 17, thank you. No question. And if you guys don't see it that way, I am dying to hear why. Because I would love to have a healthy debate about this. Heather, Heather can't drink water correctly with these women. But really, it's Tamra. It really is. And I'm going to say this out loud, knowing that I love, you know, Tamra and I have a, a little bit of a, a connection. We've DM'd. She's a really nice person, like off the show. But on the show, Tamra is actually like evil, in my opinion. It's impossible to watch her. Yesterday was insanely hard to watch. To see her at this... Side note, let's talk Halloween parties. I don't like a Halloween party. Is anyone else out there like me? I don't want to dress up. I do it for my kids. I don't want to do it. I'm like Lisa Barlow. I want to look like me. I don't want to go to these parties and dress up. I don't want a shit ton of makeup. I don't want to come home and have to makeup remover and see glitter and sparkles and, and eyelashes and random leggings and tights. There's always a fishnet. There's always a fishnet the morning after Halloween, no matter even if you wore it or not. A fishnet is always there. There's a random wig, always a hairspray of some sort, like not interested, not interested in Halloween other than being a mother and doing it for my kids. That being said, I know you guys, that is also like a very love or hate holiday. I like the fall and I like Halloween season, but I don't like the dress up part. But Gina has this, what for all intents and purposes, purposes seemed like a really fun party with all these like circus acts and everyone was really great with their costumes. Um, everyone really, you know, committed to the craft, but this party was insane to watch because Heather comes in there and listen, Heather is the queen of champs. She's always drinking champagne. I've never seen Heather buzzed. Am I crazy? Do you guys see like either she holds her alcohol really well or she really is not drinking at all. I never see her like present herself as buzzed or or close to drunk, like maybe a little bit looser, but she holds it together very well, which is very important on a show like this. When you see someone like Taylor Armstrong, what are we going to do about Taylor? Taylor Armstrong makes Shannon look sober. Taylor Armstrong. That was one of the most humiliating 
experiences or appearances by a housewife I've ever seen at a party. What was she on? There's no way that was alcohol only. Something was happening there, right? Like, I don't know drugs that well, and I'm not trying to say that she was on because I don't know. What the hell happened to her? I was not like, number one, I never saw her drink. The entire episode, I kept looking like, is are they going to show her like taking shots or something? Never saw her with a drink. Maybe one time. She could not speak. It was, I don't even want to hurt your guys' ears. It was so slurred and loud and long and loud. And it was so, so hard to watch. And everyone around her, even those that were drinking, were talking to her like, okay, like you almost have to talk to someone like that when they're in that state. Like you have to treat them like kind of differently, right? Like it's okay, honey. It's okay. You're going to be okay. It was crazy. Oh, okay. You guys, a lot of you guys have some thoughts about maybe some relaxers. That's what I felt. Just going to be honest. Almost Dorinda-like, but I but needs subtitles. That's so funny. It was like a different thing. She wasn't slurring. She actually was super, super clear. <laughs> like I understood everything she said, but every word took 10 minutes. You guys think this show pauses a lot? Watch Taylor Armstrong. So one by one, they're rounded up, I thought, by Tamara. I thought Tamara was like trying to get them all against Heather. But Heather was just talking. First, she talked to um, to Jen or to Emily, I can't remember. And they had like a nice kumbaya moment. Then she talked to Jen and they had a nice kumbaya moment. And then, of course, she was with Gina the other night. So she had a kumbaya moment with Gina. And, ta- and, and, and Tamara couldn't handle this. Tamara could not handle this. She was sitting at home watching this, like I'm at home. She was sitting on her couch, like with her crazy ass makeup, watching this, like fuming. What is she doing over there? Like, why are people being nice to her? Why are people talking to her? Why is she getting people's friends? Like all she wanted was for everyone to hate Heather. When, when this happens, I I start to wonder, what is it? Is it a personal thing? Do you really have a personal thing against Heather? Or is it just like, is it a you issue? Like what's happening there? Why do you want everyone to hate her? So when everyone started to kind of calm down with Heather, Tamara couldn't handle it. And when she went over to Emily, who was taking a photo booth picture with Gina and Heather, and of course, Tamara is like, what the F? And she goes over to Emily, trying to throw Emily under the bus. Oh, that's not what you just said about Heather. And Emily was like, well, we had a talk and it was fine. And she actually told me you talked shit about me, which we saw the tape, which Tamara did. Tamara said she was a party planner. And Tamara didn't even listen to the end of the conversation. She just needed to attack Heather. She was dying to attack Heather. And what did Heather do? Heather handled it like a boss, which was, I'm not doing this. I don't care what you think. I'm not doing this. Bye. And Tamara can't handle that because Tamara wants to fight, right? Tamara's like, give me more. Give me something to go after. I want to I want to yell at you. I want you to yell at me. And Heather's like, no, I'm kind of done with it. That's the best thing, by the way, that you should do in a fight, like an argument with someone. Nothing upsets them more when you show them that you're unaffected, right? Like I tell my son that all the time with his brother. Like if he pisses you off, just walk away. Don't yell back. So I don't know. I thought it was actually a really, really uh, good response for Heather. 
And that was the end of the episode. And I don't know if you guys feel this way, but every time I hear the last few seconds of OC, which is that music when they, whenever they have that final like confessional where it's like, it's been a rough year, but I, I think it's going to be great when, you know, things change next year or whatever. Whenever there's like a conversation like that and you hear that music, you know, like ding, 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 whatever that music is. And I'm telling you, it brings me right back to season one, Family Van Vicky. And there's nothing like season one, Family Van, Vicky, and OC. And these women are just not it for me. I don't know what they're going to do with OC. I like Jen. I like Heather this season. I still do like Emily. A lot of you guys don't. I don't know what to do with the rest of them. And I will say, I will say off the top of my head, um, seeing Ramona Singer pop out on Watch What Happens Live, where Jenny McCarthy and Heather Dubrow were guests as the surprise guest in a squirrel costume, in a furry. Ramona comes out there dancing light as can be. I have never, ever, ever felt like I saw an old friend. Ramona, come back to my TV. I need the OGs back. I need them quick. I don't just want Girls Trip. I want a whole season of all the OGs. I am sick of these new ones. Am I, am I the same? Are you guys are the same as me? I love Ramona Singer now because when you see what you have, like, it's like, you don't know what you've got till it's gone, you know, on and on I seen a go, but I don't know what it's got till it's gone. I said every wrong word there. Um, you don't know what you got till it's gone. The second Ramona left the building, we need Ramona back. We need Ramona back. Ramona Singer for the win. Okay, you guys, thank you so much for uh, indulging with me on all these topics. Make sure to like the show. Of course, give it a thumbs up if you're watching it on YouTube. Give me a comment. I know a lot of you guys don't agree with the Ramona singer. Tell me. Tell me why. I like Ramona. I don't know. I I don't think that she's the best person overall, but I do, I do like Ramona um, as on my TV. Make sure to like it, comment, tell me everything, share this podcast with your friends. And if you're listening to the audio version on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, five-star rating and a review helps the show so much. You guys are the bomb. Thank you so much for being here, Dozer. See you tomorrow. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.